Brilliant. Uh, please grab your seats. I'm going to read um, from Exodus chapter 20. We're looking at the Ten Commandments. If uh, your first time here on this uh, sermon series, don't be panicked uh, by that. Um, you might think, oh man, I don't fancy a bashing uh, today. Uh, that's not what it is. Um, we've been seeing that the Ten Commandments uh, can be called uh, the good life. It is the life that God wants us to live, um, and it's termed life. It's not depressing. It is not a drudgery. It is not a stick with which God wants to beat us into submission. Um, it is the good life. And this is the life that we were always meant to live and intended to live. It's the life that Jesus lived. Um, uh, you, you heard Sam say that, isn't it? He came, he put on flesh. He came and he lived with us for 33 years, lived this life, the good life. Um, and so that is what we're looking at at the moment. So we've done the first three commands. This is the fourth one. And this, this is a bit of a mammoth one. This is um, it's about the Sabbath day. Um, a, lot of, um, yeah, a lot of what we've read this week. So we've got a load of books to read on this. So, so Sam reads half, I read half, and we get together and we chat about it. Um, because there's this, an incredible amount on this one. A huge amount. So we were chatting about three hours, wasn't it? On Friday. Three hours just trying to cut through the nonsense. We don't want to chuck out all the stuff from the past, right? Uh, we want, we, we do, we read lots of older people, the modern guys, uh, they can tend to get stuck in a rut. Uh, but we don't want to chuck all of that out, but it has been really difficult cutting through all the ways in which we just leap to an application here, which really kind of isn't really what is there at the very beginning or the very foundation. So what I want to do this morning is just talk about the Sabbath day. And it is actually really simple. I know, like we, we talked three hours and I still went away. My head was a bit, it was in the mess. As Swansea people say, my head was in the shed. That, and that's where I was. Um, but, but actually when you cut down, when you get down to it, it's actually really simple. And kids, this is really simple. This is for you. Uh, it is for all of us, and we can understand this, um, and it can be a real blessing to us. So I'm going to read, then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get stuck into this. So Exodus 20 and verse 8. Remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you nor your son or daughter, nor your manservant or maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. For in the six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Shall we pray? Lord Jesus, we just want to pray now that you'd help us. We want to cut through all the nonsense. A lot of stuff that I have, uh, I've kind of received uh, from just my parents and stuff on this, which um, is a bit of a burden. Help us just to cut through all, all that sort of nonsense and see what it is that you have given us, that you have given us this day, that the Sabbath uh, was made for us. We weren't made for that. And I pray that you'd help us uh, see that it is a gift from you and a blessing from you. Uh, and please help us to, to enjoy uh, this day. I pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. So the Ten Commandments is not a ladder in which to climb up to heaven. Um, it is a life that is given to those who have been redeemed out of Egypt. And it is a life that they are to live. 
So it's not about getting salvation. It's now, well, what happens now that I've received salvation? What life have I entered into? And the Ten Commandments is all of that. Um, And so here we are at the Sabbath day. Um, And the Sabbath day for us is the Sunday. Uh, We can get into all that, how it changed from a Saturday to a Sunday. But now is not the time. Uh, So that's one of the things we're going to have to shelve. Um, But is it about having a day off from work? Is it about having just a lazy day? Is it about putting your feet up and having a cup of tea, watching the football? Um, is it about working for those six days and then you've got to have a day off? Is, is it about that? Um, and it's not about that. Surprisingly, it is not about that. It's not about working six days and then having a day off. There is a pattern to which God has brought us into, right? Is the seven-day week. He's brought us into that pattern. He's brought us into a pattern of every single day of seeing that there's enough grace for that one day. He says, don't worry about tomorrow. That will look after itself. Today. So he gives us, he breaks up our whole life into days, weeks, months, years, and seasons. There is a pattern in which we are supposed to live, but we're going to shelve all of that. That is not what we're getting into with the Sabbath. It's not about having this routine of working six days and having a day off. That's not where it's at, and that might surprise you, but I'm sticking to that. What about people who do work on the Sabbath, like policemen, like doctors, like ministers? You know, this is not my day off. Um, So what about me on the Sabbath? Does that mean that I don't enjoy this day, and it's not all that God has meant it to be? No, it's not that. How about mums? Do you know what? When we were talking on Friday, it's like, you know, we, we get into the policemen and the doctors at the, at the fire brigade. We're glad that they work on the Sunday, right? Because if there's a fire, uh, we're not all going to die and burn to death. Partly because, you know, Matt has sorted this building out, right? Of like, right, we're going to get out of here. We all know where we're going to meet and everything like that. But they can come and they can put the fire out. But what about mums, isn't it? Because it's like, oh, how can, how can Sunday be different for you? Isn't it? Because you still got to get your kid out of bed, right? You still got to change the nappy. It's not like, oh, this is a Sabbath. You can just sit in it until Monday morning. <laughs> that is never good. <laughs> yeah, no, no matter how much pseudocreme you got, that's not going to fix it. <laughs> um, what about mums, isn't it? Because you do the same thing today, really, majority of the same stuff as you did yesterday and all week. So, what is this day about? And what we got to get to the heart of is what is meant by rest. Rest is the key word here. What is meant by a Sabbath rest? Um, We can't define it as the world defines it. Otherwise, we're going to get this day all wrong. And that is how we get it wrong. We say six days, we work, and then a day off. And we all think it's that. Let's put the FA Cup final on. Let's Let's put something on the tally, and let's just chill. Now, that's not the rest that God is talking about. It's not about having a lazy day. Because otherwise, why is it commanded, isn't it? I command you to have a lazy day. Well, I tell you what, I think I could fulfill that totally, you know. No, it's not about that. Numbers chapter 15, uh, listen to this verse. Um, it says this, While the Israelites were in the wilderness, a man was found gathering wood on the, sun, on the Sabbath day. Those who found him gathering wood brought him to Moses and Aaron and the whole assembly. And they kept him in custody because it was not clear what should be done to him. Then the Lord said to Moses, the man must die. The whole assembly must stone him outside the camp. So the assembly took him outside the camp and stoned him to death as the Lord commanded. If the Sabbath 
is about having a lazy day, you know, having a day off after six days working, then that might be a tad of an overreaction, right? When someone has found carrying wood that you bring him and uh, you're told by the Lord to stone him and then the whole church grabs him, takes him outside and picks up stones and stones him. It's a bit of an overreaction if it's just about having a day off. Because like, no, let me just take that burden. Let me just take that wood. Naughty boy, let's discipline him, send him back in. This seems like an overreaction if we are to define it as the world around defines it. Okay, so in order to make sense, right, of why Jesus views the Sabbath um, with such importance, because it's not the first time he says it, in Exodus 31 and 35, he says, Sabbath breakers must be put to death. And, or if they desecrate the Sabbath, cut off from my people. So I think it's a bit of a big deal. It's a bit of a big deal we get this right. So how do we make sense of this this word Sabbath. Um, and I think we've got to do this, right? We've got to understand the difference between the commandments given in Exodus 20 and the commandments given in Deuteronomy chapter 5. Did you know that there is only is one subtle difference between them both? It's almost as if, like Moses, when he wrote Exodus, that he had a laptop, you know? And he highlighted all of the commandments pressed control and C, then toggled onto the stone, <laughs> onto the, I don't know, the software which the laser was hooked up to, um, and pasted it in there, control and V, and it is then etched onto the tablets, and then he takes those down. It's almost as if he's done that, but there's just one subtle difference, one subtle difference which makes this a real big deal. So all the other commandments are, uh, are said in exactly the same way, apart from this one. So in Exodus, what are we told to do when thinking about the Sabbath rest? It's, we are t- we're taken and thrown back to creation. That's what we're d- done, isn't it? So he's like, remember the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Six days you shall labor, do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, neither you, nor your son, nor your daughter, your manservant, maidservant, nor your animals, nor the alien within your gates. Why? Why should we do this? Why take that one day? Because it's what God did. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them. But he rested on the seventh day, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day. That's version 1.0, right? That's, that's the commandments there. The reason the living God says to have a Sabbath is because God himself had a Sabbath. In creation, God created in six days, and on the seventh day, he rested. And he says, be like me, isn't it? That's really what you are as a Christian, Right? is that you are saved and being conformed into the likeness of Jesus Christ, isn't it? That's, what we're, that's the deal. And so be like me, you rest on that day too. Then turn with me then to Deuteronomy 5 and verse 15. So Deuteronomy 5 and verse 15. Um, so this is now version two, uh, 1.1, right? Deuteronomy 5, 15. I don't even know if I've got all that right. So anyway, let's just get on with this. Um, And it says this, remember, so have the Sabbath day, keep it holy. Remember that you were slaves in Egypt 
and that the Lord your God brought you out of there with a mighty hand and outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God has commanded you to observe the Sabbath day. Yeah, do you see the difference? See the difference? The first one throws you back to creation. This one throws them back to their time in Egypt and how they are rescued from their slavery by his outstretched arm. Why is that a big deal? So the two reasons are given which inform our idea of the Sabbath. Okay, these two things are the very foundation of what we think the Sabbath rest is all about. Creation and redemption. So do you remember when God created the heavens and the earth? So the, the great uh, sort of passage here, isn't it, is a bit of a funny one. It's Genesis chapter 2. So I'll just read that out for you, verses 1 to 3. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. By the seventh day, God had finished the work he had been doing. So on the seventh day, he rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, he rested from all the work of creating that he had done. So it's a bit of an odd verse, that, isn't it? So we're thrown back to creation, first of all, right? So creation, what, what happened? What went on? It is that God created the heavens and the earth. Do you remember what it was like before? Do you remember the darkness? Do you remember the chaos? Do you remember the emptiness? It is that sort of like, oh, silence, tumbleweed blowing through the universe. And the Spirit is there just waiting. And Jesus turns up. And he totally transforms the place, doesn't it? Light comes in on the darkness, drives it out. The, the chaos is, is thrown out as the land that's overwhelmed by the abyss is raised up and inhabitable. It is there that then the earth is filled. And it's filled with everything that we've got right now, isn't it? And it was filled for the purpose of the sixth day. On the sixth day, he made man and woman. He made the human race. In this one person, Adam, who is divided into Adam and Eve. And it was for that purpose. And then he rested. That's a bit odd, isn't it? Because if, if the Sabbath is about working six days and having a day off, then you're looking at God here going, mate, he's been very productive, hasn't he? Hey, for those six days, I'd like you to see if you can produce something like that in six days. Um, he's very productive. But the image you've got of him then is like, he's like this, <laughs> flip, the sweat dripping off his nose um, and there's black you know, bags under his eyes of like, mate, that was, that was a full week, that was. Um, I, I need to take a day off. <laughs> I need to rest. If that's the way we understand rest, then it does, doesn't fit, does it? God on the seventh day rested. Later on in Exodus, it's nice because it talks about him resting and being refreshed on that day. So the understanding of what it is to be refreshed as well needs to be changed from the worldly view. But here on the seventh day, he rested and was refreshed. It's funny, isn't it, that Adam and Eve, as soon as they're created, which day do they enter into? What is their first day of having this life in the garden that has been planted for them, in the world that is before them. And the world was literally their oyster, wasn't it? it? There it is. What is their first day? Have a day off. They come in on the seventh day. That is their first day. Their first day is 
Now you haven't got to do nothing. Because I've done it all. I've done it all. I want you to spend this day with me and to enjoy me. And I want to enjoy you. That's the lovely way, isn't it, of looking at the Exodus passage. I can tell you what it is later on. Where he says he rested and was refreshed. Isn't that a lovely way? So God himself, six days work, makes Adam and Eve. Your first day is with me. And I want to spend it with you. That's what that tells you, the refreshed thing that God is refreshed. Is he saying, no, I want to spend it with you. And so that's what the seventh day is. Is God delighting in us, spending time with us, him being refreshed with us, and we spending that day with him, being refreshed with him. So that's the creation side of it. Kids, what comes after Genesis 2? Genesis 3. Yes! Genesis 3 explains then why there needs to be something else needs to happen, doesn't it? Wouldn't it be lovely if we stayed? We, we, we were there, isn't it? On that seventh day, that that's all the life that we could enjoy wouldn't it be nice if, that, if it remained like that? Adam would then go off and do his work. I'm naming all the animals. You know, I'm going around, I'm planting, I'm caring for all of creation. And then we're going to meet up. Uh, we're going to chat. And we're going to have a stay where we can just really intensely be together. And really enjoy fellowship. Really enjoy intimacy and really enjoy each other. But Genesis 3 comes in. Because we go, oh, we don't want Jesus. And we want to go our own way. That's why then Deuteronomy tells you that now we've got to get it back. Now we've got to reclaim all of that. And that's nothing that you can do. You can't reclaim that. That's why it's not like a ladder, the Ten Commandments. Because you have to be in that position of like, Jesus has done everything. God has done everything. And he invites me into that relationship. Into that fellowship and that intimacy. And that is what Deuteronomy passage is about. How are you to understand the Sabbath now? It's like, well, it's all over. Oh, it's a nightmare. Now it's just doom and gloom. And it's like, no, it's not. Because as soon as it disappears, as soon as we ruin it, and as soon as it looks like it's ruined for all time and for eternity, you know, Jesus preaches the gospel, doesn't he? In Genesis 3.15, that it will be from the seed of the woman who will do battle and will take the punishment that we deserve and will clothe us with a perfect life and restore what has been lost. So Deuteronomy says, now look, now look at that. It's, it's not all over. It's not all lost. We can get it back. And it's by the blood of the Lamb. Everyone is under that judgment. Do you remember in Egypt, they made a, God made a distinction a bit later on, between his people and those in Egypt. But not when it comes to the Passover. When it comes to the Passover, everything is under his judgment. Even the animals are under his judgment. And the blood of the lamb is enough. Is enough for the lamb to take the punishment. So he invites us he invites us into this relationship with him. 
restored by the blood of his son. And he says, come and enjoy. Come and enjoy this fellowship. Come and enjoy this intimacy. Come and enjoy that. Now, does that at all change your perspective on the Sabbath? What is today about? What is today about? It's not about having a day off. I, th- I preached on this a long time ago. And I, I was going to look up the sermon just because I was so confused wasn't it? after talking on Friday of having all of this stuff just land on you. I was like, I just want to be able to cut through some of this. Where is that sermon? But all I remember of that sermon, because I couldn't find it, I didn't look for it, but, um, is that it's not about inactivity, isn't it? So, so it's not about that. It's not about putting your feet up on a Sunday. No, it is about spending that day with God and his people. See, Adam and Eve are there, and here is Jesus, and we're going to spend this day together, this intimate relationship and fellowship. It's lost. Jesus actually comes and gets it back at great pains and at great cost to himself so that we might come today, that we might come once a week, once a week, come out of the world, be dragged out of your thoughts. The pattern of our thoughts are rubbish, rubbish all of the time. Our hearts, they spew out rubbish. We have to have a day where it's really intensely like, let nothing else be done. Let's meet with the living God. Let's meet with him. He wants us, and he wants us to remind us of all that he has done for us. He wants to remind us and give us the perspective that we we lose as we are scattered into the world, as we come back together, that he installs that again. Let's have this one day. This one day. And so at this point now, you've got to understand this, isn't it, that it's, that there's still a Sabbath rest to be known. So what it is, is it's about coming together this one day of the week on the seventh day. It's about coming with, with God's people to meet with the living God. That's what it's about. It's about looking back at what Jesus has done. It's looking back at the paradise that, that this rest was twinned with back in the garden. The Sabbath rest and paradise went together It's about that paradise being lost. It's about us looking back to what Jesus has done. The first song this morning was totally off the chain, wasn't it? Just talking about Calvary and about what Jesus has done stirs the heart. It's about us looking back. It's about us in the present, looking back. In the present, meeting with God. It's about in the present, having fellowship with him and his people. But then Hebrews tells us that there is still a rest to be enjoyed. See, we're looking back, but we're also looking forward to the rest, to, to the new creation. One day the archangel will give a great shout. One day the trumpet will sound at his coming, and he will come back, and we will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. The whole creation will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. And we will be like him. And we will live with him forever. And sin and sorrow is driven out. 
You see, that is the total redemption, isn't it? The complete redemption of what was lost. But we gather every week as a little taster of that, as a taster. You see, what you can know today is a taster, a taster of of what it's going to be like. That's why it's imperfect here, isn't it? That's why it isn't the rest. We think, isn't it, when something is restored, it should be restored right now, right here. But it's not fully restored. Not fully restored. Then it will be fully restored. But what we do every single week is to get a taster of this. A taster. That's why we say that that's why the, one of the first questions in the discipleship course is this, was church like heaven on earth on Sunday? Because this is what we have. This is our Sabbath rest, looking back, experiencing him now and that intimacy and fellowship and saying we love you and we want you and he's saying I want to love you and I want to be refreshed by you and I want you to be refreshed by me. And it's a Sabbath thing, it's something you can't do on your own. You've got to come together as God's people. And what we do here is experience a little bit of heaven on earth. We look back, but we're also propelled forward with a longing, a longing of this is not what life is going to be like then. A longing for the future, for that new creation. So what's not to like about the Sabbath, isn't it? What's not to like? Isn't it? We haven't got to jump on the whole, oh, we're going to petition for these shops to be closed on a Sunday. Why, why would the world around us want to spend a day with Jesus? They don't like him. They reject him. They hate him. Those who wouldn't say, I hate Jesus outright, then, you know, we need to talk to them, don't we? We need to get, get into them and talk to them. But, but just by their life, they say, no, we're not interested in that. So we haven't got to get on that bandwagon. We haven't got to get on, oh, worrying. If I have a newspaper delivered on a Sunday, then someone's working and, and, I, and there's massive problems here. And we haven't got to get into all of that. That's not what it's about. What it's about is us coming together, having fellowship with Jesus. You see, when we don't do that, when we don't go, I'm going to put this one day aside, because it is a command. It is a commandment. And he is serious about this, because when you say, nah, I'm out of here, I'm not doing any of that, he says, then you will be cut off. You will be put to death. What, what, what is it saying when it's like, I'm, I'm going to work the full seven days. I'm just going to carry on doing what I've been doing. I'm just too busy. I'm just too busy. What is it saying? It's saying to Jesus that your death isn't enough. Isn't it? When, when the manna came down, they were to collect it for six days. On that sixth day, collect twice as much for the Sabbath. It's just like, let's get rid of that. We, we don't want to be doing that on the Sabbath. We don't want to take time up with that. While we could be with his people and know intimate fellowship and relationship with the living God, looking to Jesus for everything, he has done it all. There's nothing for us to do. Let's just enjoy him. See, when they, took an, when they went back out on the seventh day, they looked like fools. And God calls them disobedient. You're not listening. Today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts. And don't rebel against the Lord because some, they tried to, to do other things with it. No, no, don't do that. 
Jesus has got you. If you are not willing to give up your day of work on the Sunday, of like, no, I've got to work all seven, I've got to do it. And I'm not going to be with God's people because I've got stuff to do and I've got money to make. Then it's rejecting Jesus. And that's why he's like, you cut off. You don't treat him like that. You don't treat him like that. As soon as we leave him and say, no, I'm going to look after my own things. I need to do this to provide for myself. Why are you praying the Lord's Prayer then, isn't it? Why are you saying, give us today our daily bread? You're not trusting him for your daily bread then, are you? That's where the work stuff comes into it. When you've got this day that he has given, a day made for us, not for us to be wedged into it, but he's like, no, this is for your good. You're going to need this. And I want this, and you should want it too. And when we walk away from that, Jesus is like, that, that disobedience requires a cutting off from God's people. That disobedience means death for you. That not listening to this will kill you. Remember, that's how we looked at the commandments, isn't it? This is the good life. You, got, you just do anything on a Sunday. Come to meet with God's people. And the, what you can do is, it, it's, it's, not, it's not spelled out. Definitely meet, though. Don't not meet, otherwise it's going to kill you. Definitely come in and meet with the living God. But our day, then, as a church, this is why next week, isn't it? We've got a special Sunday. Definitely come. Definitely, like, wipe out the whole day, isn't it? Say, no, that's, that's where I am. Every week is like this. I'm, I'm with God's people, meeting with Him, and meeting with Jesus. And we're going to start for breakfast. Because God says, you can just do what you want on that day as a church. Why do we do this and not do that? Well, just because we can. We've got freedom. We've got license by Jesus. As long as we meet together, as long as he is held up, as long as we're looking to meet with Jesus on that day and looking to be spoken to and, and develop that relationship, that fellowship, then he doesn't do it. It'd be nice to have a list of, you can do this and you can't do that. But it's just so narrow. No, definitely meet. Definitely come together. Definitely meet with the living God. But that can look a lot differently. That's why different churches look so different. Be nice, isn't it, like when your friends ask you in school, what did you do on the weekend? What do you say to that? Well, you'll tell them about the Saturday, right? You'll tell them, oh yeah, we had a really good day. Went to the boot park with a rugby ball yesterday and uh, we actually watched Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse in the morning. Went to Tesco's and guess what DVD just come out? Spider-Man, Far From Home. So we took that home and we watched that. And amazing. <laughs> yeah, great. What about the Sunday? Are you really, well, no, we conveniently leave that out, right? Yeah, we don't want to talk to them what we've done on a Sunday because we've got to, you know, we don't want to lie. So we've got to say, I went to church. And that's not cool. That's not cool. My friends are going to laugh in my face. But it's a massive witness to the world around that even though your life is busy, all of us are busy. Don't, don't you think their life was busy? Don't you think the, the life of the, the, of the British people down the ages hasn't been busy? Oh, we are the only people who are busy. No, no, this is about priority this is. Priority. Chuck stuff out. Cut it off so that you can do this. But what a witness that is, isn't it? I can see you're busy, but then for a whole day, for a whole day, you, you, you just meet at the church that's mental, that is. 
Yeah, but do you know why we do it? Oh, we do it because we're looking back at what Jesus has done. He wants to restore us to life with him. And on that day, we get to do life with him. And it is life that is full. And it is life that is exciting. And we long for other people to know that life. But it also helps us to look forward. We've got hope. Mel is up in Yorkshire with her granddad who's on his deathbed. And he doesn't know Jesus. He's got no hope. And yet we are here today looking forward being propelled forward, a yearning and longing which is being developed for that new creation hope that on our deathbeds, where our family are no use to us, Jesus is there and he is with us and never leaves us. That's what I did yesterday. Oh, right. (laughs) What a a great witness it is that we do that. Jesus is real and we meet him on a Sunday. You're going to hate this commandment you're going to hate this commandment if you're, if you're an oppressor. If you're a boss and you want to milk your workforce for all they've got, right? You're going to hate this commandment because you're going to, you're going to want to work people you know, seven days a week, every single day. You want to get out of them as much as you can. And, and that, that's, that's not good, is it? Hey. But you're going to hate that commandment if you're like that. You're going to hate this commandment if you're a Pharisee. Because you want it down like this. Oh, we can do this, we can do this, we can do this. You can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. You're going to hate this commandment. You're going to hate this commandment because your little pad has been taken away from you where you walk around like a moral policeman going, "Eh, no attendance, we'll mark that down. Oh, they're not here, what are we going to do about this? Oh, I saw a receipt for dominoes in their wallet and it said a Sunday. (laughs) You're going to hate this commandment if you're a Pharisee. You're going to hate it. You're going to hate this commandment if you're lazy. If you're lazy, you're going to hate this because it does mean for you, you've got to sort your head out and sort your life out. So in six days, you can get done what you should get done, where you, you discharge your responsibility as, a, as an employee, as an employer, as a, as a school child with homework. Uh, you've got to get, mums and dads, you've got to get this down. If you're a lazy person, you're going to hate this because you need to be organized. You need to look for the future and you need to be up for Sunday every single week and organize your week accordingly. If you're disorganized, you're going to hate this. If, if you're a shopaholic, if you're a workaholic, you're going to hate this. You're going to hate it. Because one day, he says, now meet with me. Now what is better than meeting with me? What is better than that? And let's see if that stands up, shall we? Oh, I want to go out and do shopping. And I, I want to spend the day laying a floor. Really? Is that really what's better than me? Better than me? See, this is a law of love. Don't do that which will kill you. As a Christian, you're not going to last very long. When our body gets tired, isn't it? We know that we must rest. Yeah, this is where the body stuff... You've still got to get the definition right, haven't you? Because when your body... It, but it's easy to rest, isn't it? Just go to bed early. Just go to bed early. Stop watching telly at night. Maybe you've got to go and sleep as soon as you come home, you know, to rest because you feel it, your body aches. Your, your stomach often, some people are sick when they're overtired, don't they? They're, they're sick. You know when your body tells you that you're tired and, and you just deal with that. Just get, get yourself to bed, isn't it? Maybe your spouse just says, look, I'll take care of you. You go off, have a, have a nap because you're feeling rough and you're tired. I, I'll, I'll deal with that. 
But spiritually, we don't see where we're getting tired. But the signs are there that you don't really talk about Jesus much anymore. You find RBTs, well, find them difficult. Maybe you're just like, I'm not even doing it. I don't want to do it. You find RBTs like that. You find coming on a Sunday a, a duty and a chore. I've got to go. I've got to go. No, no, you get to come. You get to meet with the living God one day a week where it's really just intense, where he's got all this help for, for us, that means of grace, and it starts at this minute you walk in the door. So you might feel like that. I don't want to go, and for various reasons, but then you're met with a welcome that says, Jesus welcomes you. He's got his arms open to you, however you've been this week, whatever you've done. Come on in. This is what the Sunday is about. That's what it's about. That is the Sabbath rest. So today is supposed to be like a bit of heaven on earth. We look back as we enjoy Jesus right here, right now. We look forward to the new creation. We break this command. We break it. We break it more than when we don't turn up. When we come here and we're full of bitterness to other people. And, you know, it... God says, doesn't he, like, your, your assemblies, your assemblies make me sick because of the attitude of their hearts and the belief. But we need to come together, as Jesus has directed, under him, to know him. That's what the Sundays are for. And may they be that way. Jesus was refreshed by the disciples. Do you remember when in the Garden of Gethsemane, he, he met with, well, he went to the synagogue, as was his custom, Luke 4, 16. Yeah, Jesus went to the synagogue every week, as was his custom. He could be found gathered with God's people. He looked to the disciples for refreshment in the Garden of Gethsemane, pray for me. And he went on ahead of them and prayed, and he comes back and finds some kippin. Do you remember that? Jesus kept this commandment. Jesus gathered with God's people. Jesus trusted the Father. Jesus did all of this. We break it. We are commandment breakers. But because of Jesus giving us the Spirit, we can do this. And maybe you need to ask help. Jesus, help me to see this day as that. And let's not get bogged down in the other stuff. Honestly, it is a lot of rubbish. It is a load of rubbish that stops you seeing what this day really is about. My upbringing makes my, it's so difficult for me to get this right. We never went out of the house to play when I was a kid. The TV never went on when I was a kid. We never went to a shop when I was a kid. We never put petrol in the car when I was a kid. Now, those decisions may well be made. Our kids, they may watch a film in the afternoon, but otherwise, nah, we're not putting any of that junk on. But it's not the pharisaical rule. It's, no, I want this day to be the different day. All that stuff can still happen, but it's not the law. It's your decisions, you prioritizing. It'll look different for you all because it's wide, because you're free, you've got license. But what we must do is get together. We must gather under Jesus. And for, for you, you members of Gabala Baptist Church, we do morning and night. So, hey, get on board. Get on board. We do it because of the Psalms in it where you, we, we come in the morning and we remember his love for us and in the evening we do the same. 
So get on board. Get out. Get here. Meet with each other. Meet with Jesus. So I pray. Lord Jesus, help us now, we pray, uh, in this. We don't want to... Um, yeah, to carry on maybe as we are in uh, just seeing the, the Sabbath um, as a day we can take or leave. Um, we know it matters a lot to you because we don't, you see it as a rejection of you when we don't treat this day right. Lord Jesus, help us. Help us to prioritize everything so we can be together and meet with you. Help us to trust you that all the work that we possibly could get done today uh, as we put it aside, help us to trust you that you will take care of us, that you will provide all that we need. And our life is not about the work of our hands. Surely the Lord's Prayer teaches us that, that you give us our daily bread. You are in charge of that, and you are able to provide. Please help us. We want this day to be the joy that you intended it to be, a blessing for us. And it's something that we're commanded to do for our good. Oh, help us, help us to rest today. Not that rest with the feet up, that rest of soul as Jesus says, come to me, all you are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. We want that kind of rest. Rest for our souls, because that rest oh, impacts the rest of our life. Please help us, we pray in your name. Amen.